No. Yes. Man, works every time. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. I'm joined by my co-host Tom, as usual. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm good. I don't know if you saw HBO is doing a, a program where you can watch some free content. Uh, so I, I signed up for my free week subscription. So I've been binging uh, as much as I can, catching up on some series. Uh, are you watching anything right now? Um, I'm actually uh, doing a little bit of uh, binge watching on, on uh, Prime Video as well. So I, uh, I get, really got into this last season of All or Nothing with the Eagles. So I decided to go back to um, season one, which I believe is the 2015 season with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun to, to see that the, uh, I I'm, I'm about three episodes in right now. Um, the, uh, the first episode, it starts with the, the Cardinals at the draft and they're, uh, in the second round and they're, they're eyeing up their, uh, their running back prospects and they're, they're, they're pretty excited because they're, they're just a couple picks away from drafting Amir Abdullah and, uh, of course, <laughs> He gets taken by by Detroit, and you can just see that everybody in that office is just completely devastated. They're like, "Well, there, there's really not any any other quality running backs to take this this round, so we'll just go ahead and take a linebacker." So some more running backs fly off the board, and now now it's round three. They're like, "Well, we we really got to pull the trigger because um, Andre Ellington is is uh, didn't didn't stay healthy the whole season last year, and." We got Chris Johnson, who's who's not going to be able to give us that that many yards. So let's just go ahead and get this this David Johnson guy, and we'll see if he'll be be a, a good uh, RB three for our team. And little did they know, in uh, the first two weeks, he'd be the first NFL player to have a returning, receiving, and rushing touchdown. So it's it's kind of fun to see the uh, the rise of David Johnson from the beginning. But. Yeah, I think I've seen a clip from that too. It, did they did they mention that he was a wide receiver at Iowa, and then Bruce Arians kind of lit yeah. up, or is that a different yep, clip? Yep, okay, from yeah, the same episode. Nice. Yeah, I, I just saw a few clips when that first came out, but but that always kind of stuck with me because you, you always wonder what uh, the the NFL head coaches think about these guys that are uh, dual threats in in the backfield, yeah. and yeah, to to see a head coach like that that's kind of a mastermind behind some offenses it's pretty cool to see well, and uh and, and but, so after week one when he david johnson gets the the game winning 55 yard uh, uh receiving touchdown then uh then the bruce arians is talking with some of the other coaches and, and he's saying that this guy's gonna be good he's he's gonna be a workhorse but i don't want him to i don't want it to go to his head i, I don't want to give him such such a, a a big load um too too early in his career so knowing Bruce Arians going to Tampa, that's something to look, look out for. If they if they do spend some of their uh, their draft capital, then uh, on a, on a running back, and if uh, if he makes a couple of splash plays, but he's not getting that much love in the first month, just just know that's kind of uh, BA's way. So it's kind of kind of fun to see. Oh, I, I thought I thought you were going to go the other way and say Bruce Arians is going to try to uh, target Amir Abdullah <laughs> this offseason. Yeah, well, he'd have to get him out of the uh, um, icy grip of the, the Minnesota Vikings, so I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's jump into some more fantasy talk here in a minute, but I just wanted to mention 
Um, after my last 20 hours of HBO binging uh, over, over the weekend, if you haven't watched Watchmen yet, if you like any of those superhero movies, superhero series, uh, the Watchmen series, it's it's awesome. I think I finished the entire season in three days. Um, it's an HBO series, so it's about 10 episodes long. And it's got uh, a lot of the things that you might have liked from Game of Thrones or any other HBO series. It's got a little bit of mystery in it, but of course it's got some action, um, everything you'd expect from HBO. And then I'm about halfway through Westworld season three. And I, I got to be honest, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish it. I, I really enjoyed the first season of Westworld. Uh, the second one was pretty good, too. But season three, I just kind of feel like it's homework. And I feel like now I just have to finish it because I'm so invested. But I, I don't know. Have you watched any of season three or are you a Westworld I, uh, guy? I, I stopped about halfway through season two. So okay, I, 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 I've given up as <laughs> well. well. You, you got out before yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I'm going to skip out on that one. And yeah, maybe maybe I'll join you and do some uh, some prime binging here in a couple of days. Uh, but I want to continue our conversation on tight ends. So we talked about a few guys on the last show that we can start getting excited about. And one guy I wanted to talk about was uh, Kyle Rudolph. What are your What are your thoughts on on Kyle Rudolph being a a Homer Minnesota guy I like love, me? I love Kyle Rudolph. I actually got got to uh, meet him in person at a uh, MDA event um, two years ago, and. Uh, he's very very friendly guy. Anybody who went up and wanted to um, introduce themselves and, and take take a photo, he was uh, very uh, very nice guy. Um, really really good role model. He does a lot for the community. I know he's been nominated for a lot of um, awards, not not uh, football awards. So I, I I think he's he's a great guy. His production has definitely uh, dipped over the past couple of years, but um, yeah, I think he's still one of those, one of those guys that you can kind of have as your, your backup tight end. Um, if they're just, uh, if, if when you're starting tight end is, is on by or, uh, gets injured that he's, he's a good reserve. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a Kyle Rudolph fan too. And he, this last season I, I had him on a couple of leagues and he just, he just didn't produce a lot. And I wanted to kind of take a step back and, and see why, cause you know, it just, it was just a few years ago. He was the, the pro bowl MVP. So typically that means that you're going to be a superstar or you're going to continue to produce. Right. So uh, looking at his numbers last year, uh, you, you might not have known this, but he only had 48 total targets last season. Uh, so about three, three targets per game. Uh, the previous four seasons, do, do you know what his average was? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 92 the last four seasons. Wow. Um, so his, his targets almost got cut in half and um, he, he's net, but even including last season uh, all the way going back to his rookie year, he's never had a season where he's averaged less than nine yards per reception. So he, he's been a pretty decent um, pass catcher, but uh, even last season when, even though he only had those 48 targets, he still came down with over 80% of them. And if you remember our conversation from last week when we were going over some of the uh, top producing tight ends, we're looking for guys that are at about that 70 to 75% catch rate. So he's actually a little bit higher than uh, some, some of the average guys, um, some of the average top producers. Um, so just, just knowing that he usually averages 
92 targets a game. Um, if he if he's able to continue and 92 to targets put per up, season, right? Uh, yeah, sorry, not yeah, not not, say, not for, not not for game. That, <laughs> that that'd be pretty impressive. Hey, maybe maybe in about ten years they'll be throwing ninety passes a game uh, on on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I don't know if you knew this, but Stefan Diggs actually got traded away, um, so that's going to leave about ninety four targets up for grabs. And in a normal off season, especially considering they got a first rounder and some additional picks for Diggs. Um, I'd say they're probably going to have another receiver step into that role. Uh, you know, I'm a big old BC Johnson fan, um, but this is going to be a really unique off season with teams really having limited time to get that, that continuity and Kirk cousins likes thrown to the tight end also. Uh, so I think if, if we see Rudolph's targets go back just up to that average of 92 I, I think it's actually going to be a little bit higher with Diggs leaving over 90 targets. If if we give Rudolph just 20% of those, I think he's going to be north of uh, 100 targets in a in an offense that's going to want to have two tight ends on the field. And uh, like I mentioned, we're both Minnesota Vikings guys, so of course we, we love the idea of Irv Smith Jr. coming in and producing. But we got to remember it's it's just his second season, right? So even though he is pretty impressive and uh, and he showed some flashes. What if Irv Smith doesn't come out the gates uh, producing right away? That's just going to leave uh, Adam Thielen as the, the primary pass catcher. So I think uh, Rudolph is going to be leaned on. They just gave him that contract extension last year. Um, so I, I'm projecting almost 800 total yards and over 80 catches for him next wow. season. Uh, not to mention that Cousins has averaged just under 30 touchdown passes the last five seasons. Uh, let's say we give Rudolph 20% of those. Uh, he's probably going to be at about 800 yards, uh, six or more touchdowns. Well, yeah, if, uh, if, uh, if Rudolph can put up those kind of numbers, he's, he's definitely a buy-in dynasty then. Yeah, and and not to mention too, I looked at the Vikings win loss uh, percentages. Basically, when uh, Rudolph was a part of the game plan, and he actually averaged two more fantasy points per game on the the, the games that they won. And I think the Vikings barely uh, made it into the playoffs. So if if they can get him a little bit more involved uh, and and win a couple more games, I think he's he's going to have um, a, a good season. And we've we've seen tight ends come in and produce uh, even at a late age. So e- even though he's, he's uh, not a young guy anymore, I think he, he still has a uh, tight end one uh, potential and not, not just a tight end. That's going to catch a lot of touchdowns. I think he's, he's a guy that can see uh, lots, lots of targets each game. That was something we talked about in the last show as well. We're looking for guys that are going to have uh, seven to eight targets per game. And I think if he's, if he's at over, hundred targets, he's going to, he's going to be at six, seven targets, um, catching 80% of those. Um, so he's somebody I'm pretty high. Well, on. and after he, he made the, uh, the game winning catch against the, the saints to, uh, win, win the playoff game this year, then he, he's got to be, um, higher on, on, on your radar as well. Yeah. It, and I'll just close up by saying too, uh, he's been quoted by the team as having the best hands on the team. And I, I know that, um, Thielen's good at coming down with um, some contested catches and, and Diggs is a pretty good route runner. So that, that says a lot. And they put their money where their mouth was, like you said, in that Saints game. 
uh, they were on the goal line and on third down, instead of handing it off to Delvin one more time, they, they decided to throw it up to yeah. Rudolph. And it, the uh, the Vikings do have two first round picks this year. I've seen a lot of mocks where they've, they've taken one or even two receivers, but uh, we know Mike Zimmer likes to build a strong defense. So I'd, I'd be shocked if they, they spent uh, both those picks on, on the offensive side of the ball, which preferably I'd, I'd rather beef up that, that old line before we start. Um, grabbing receivers in the in the first round uh, but if they uh if, if they leave the first or second round without taking a uh, receiver then like you said we got Thielen as the number one you and me both like BC as the two they, they just signed Tajay Sharp which I don't think they um, signed him to to be the uh the wide receiver four for the team um, so maybe he gets out there but if uh if Herb Johnson takes a, another step forward then maybe they're running a lot of a lot of plays with two tight ends and Rudolph and um, and Herb Smith are, are both out there, um, kind of competing for those targets. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm pretty high on, on Rudolph myself. All right, cool. Well, who's the uh, the next tight end you well, want to talk about? This, this tight end, I, I know I talked about a couple months ago and said you need, either need to go out and add him on your your dynasty roster or go offer a uh, a fourth round pick. Just buy a low, I think. That window of buying really low is still open, and uh, by the time that the season starts, then you might have to give up a little bit more. But I want to go back to the New York Giants tight end, Caden Smith. So after uh, the, the week eleven buy, then Caden uh, Smith from uh, from week twelve on, he scored thirteen points, thirteen points, three points, seven points, twenty two points, eighteen points. So in those uh, in those six weeks, um, he, he only had one bus game. Otherwise, um, seven points was, was the lowest amount that he scored. But if, if you've got a tight end who can um, put up 22 points for you, then that, that that's a weak winning weak winning performance. So I, I uh, there's there's been rumors that I I just got caught up on that um, Evan Engram is is um, apparently on on the block for the Giants right now and uh, that's because they, they don't think he can stay healthy and whether or not they do think he can stay healthy he's he's proven that he can't so I think I think Caden Smith is, is one of those guys you want to have um, buried in your roster on the, the taxi squad to uh, promote because the Giants probably aren't going to be winning too many games again next year they're probably going to be down so Danny Dimes is going to be spreading that ball I think I think Caden Smith can can finish well inside the top twenty next year. Yeah, I, I like that too. And something else to point out about Caden Smith is um, playing on that Giants offense. They don't have an established one. Uh, they've they've got Golden Tate, uh, Sterling Shepard, and then Darius Slayton, all kind of more in that wide receiver two three tier. And I don't think the Giants are going to go out and spend an early pick on a wide receiver. I think. Uh, Daniel Jones is pretty good at reading defenses and he's going to spend a lot of time on the field with that defense, uh, giving up a lot of points. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of balls to spread around and it, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's definitely a good buy low target because he's going to be the guy that everybody's looking to add. If Evan Ingram does get traded away. Yep. And, so and their, I, their I agree. third uh, tight end, Brett Ellison is talking about retirement. So that mean that if if Caden Smith was was fighting for that that number two spot in New York, he he's, he probably has it uh, clinched up pretty well. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Well, cool. Um, well, yeah, those are those are two guys that uh, we should all be targeting in Dynasty. Uh, and then something that got brought up in one of our leagues that we haven't talked about yet is what to do with your Dynasty benches after the rookie draft. So if you've got 10 bench spots, 15 bench spots, um, but then you're holding three or four rookie draft picks or maybe you traded um, all offseason and you're holding seven or eight picks, but you've got a full bench of guys that you like, uh, Tom, what do you what do you recommend in in dynasty? Well, leagues? I think this is um, the the time of the season that uh, you since, since dynasty is is, uh, is year round, then I, I can I can still call this part of the season. But I think this is um, the the part of the season where you need to have have people vote on these things. If you um, if your bylaws say that you're going to keep the the roster size at, at a certain amount, then I, then I guess that that's kind of final, but if you want to open it up to a vote and get people to vote on extending that bench or adding a, a taxi squad or a second taxi squad, then um, I think that's, that's something you have to, you have to open up to the league. Otherwise um, if you, if you have a lot of picks right now, and like you're saying, you have, you have a, a bench that a lot of guys you don't want to drop, then this is probably the time that you want to start, thinking about trading some of those picks for, uh, for 2021 picks. If that's, if that's a possibility, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I I agree. I, I always take the approach if it, if it hasn't been defined, um, to, to, to just put it to a vote and let, let the league come up with that rule. Um, but I, I like to have that vote be for the entirety of, uh, that, that league moving forward. So, um, you, Usually I like to try to keep things simple and not come out with a bylaws that's 10 pages long. Uh, usually in, in those leagues, people are hesitant to play or um, they might get a little legalistic when it comes to um, some, some trades or what they might think is uh, quote unquote unfair. It, it, it kind, kind of takes um, so the, I, the fun out of it a little bit. Yeah. It, and it don't get me wrong. I think the bylaws and dynasty leagues, they're, they're definitely important also. Um, luckily I've just been able to play with a group of guys that nothing, nothing wild has happened yet. Um, and I I think for the most part, we can all tell if, if there's a trade or, uh, something that, that shouldn't be deemed fair. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of putting it to a league vote and then from there just sticking with it. But my, my opinion, I, I usually put it to a vote and then, uh, I, I won't share, in the in the group chat what what i'm voting for uh, but it, i'll tell you i typically vote to just keep the bench the same um in nfl rosters and typically i always kind of look at okay how how does the nfl handle this and if an nfl has 10 draft picks that doesn't mean that season they get to um come come on and start the season with 10 additional guys at the start of the season um so i uh, the one thing that I like about the sleeper app is you can complete your draft and all those extra players are going to be on your roster, but then you can't make any roster moves until you get down to the appropriate uh, number. So I think that's a pretty cool uh, feature on that app. So yeah, I think keeping the benches the same, it just leaves a little bit of life um, on the, on the uh, waiver wire. Uh, but at the same time, I, I get why people like to have the deeper benches if, uh, there's people that, that they believe in, but at some point you got to put your chips in on the players that you like. And, you know, if, if you're holding on to Brian Hill 
or if you're, <laughs> you're holding on to Caden Smith and they're that last guy and then you see somebody else pop yeah, you, up. You better be holding see, on to Hill and Smith. So, yeah, if you if you really want to see what you can squeeze out of Frank Gore, uh, you, you might need to just uh, trap one of those people. So uh, I, I like keeping them the same. Uh, but I, I've extended the rosters before too. Uh, but I will say, the more teams you have, and the deeper the the rosters, uh, that that waiver wire that that starts looking pretty ugly pretty quick. And you might finish the season with ninety dollars of fab left because nobody ever popped up that you wanted to try to get. Yeah. Well, and with the uh, uh, not not changing the, uh, the the bench sizes too, then I, I it's it's kind of fun to pick up those those players and. Um, see if they if they end up uh, popping for you because there there's other people in your leagues that that they their rosters are full so they're not gonna add those players and then if that that player that you took that chance on does pop and then you can you can flip them for another pick I, I picked up uh, Darius Slayton in, in week three or four right before he was coming back um, just knowing that he he was he was a rookie and had the opportunity to shine I was I was, I was able to flip him for a second round I mean. Uh, at this point, who knows? Maybe Darius Slayton becomes the next Stephon Diggs and ends up being the wide receiver one for for the Giants at some point in his career. But for now, a uh, the guy that I picked up off the the uh, the waiver wire and got a second round pick that's that's all part of the strategy and, and dynasty as well. Yeah. Um, well, moving on. Um, before I forget, we're still doing our April giveaway uh, for the the low sugar gummies. So if anybody's interested in the smart suite gummies, I'm giving away a month's worth to whoever predicts the first wide receiver taken off the board in the NFL draft, um, as well as which team takes them. Tom, if you had to guess a wide receiver in their landing spot, who do you think goes off the board first? I'm going to stick with uh, CD lamb ending up in Oakland. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people are uh, projecting Oakland to take that first wide receiver. And I, I think that's the case too. I think uh, they, they got Josh Jacobs last year and they, they want to kind of continue to rebuild that offense. So Mariota can throw at least uh, two touchdowns yep. a game after week five. Um, and then we didn't have this prepared, but we, we wrapped up our 16 man apocalypse league a couple weeks ago. How are you feeling about your team? Did you have a strategy going in? I, uh, I kind of treated the, uh, um, the apocalypse league um as a, a best ball league so i just drafted a lot of players with upside so i took uh camaro with my first pick and one of my last picks i took uh Tariq cohen so if i have an injury at running back he's uh cohen's a, a guy that i'm comfortable throwing out there who um could could end up with one point or could end up with 30 points by by the end of the game so any so I'm uh, I you said upside, so I just had to pull up your roster. So I, I gotta ask, uh, how much upside do you think Sam Darnold has <laughs> as your uh, your second quarterback? Well, is that is that an appropriate word to use for for well, Sam a lot, Darnold? A lot of quarterbacks went off pretty quick, so there it was pretty <laughs> okay. pretty slim pickings. But as long as he isn't uh, kissing any other high schoolers and doesn't get modeled before uh, this next season, whoa, I'm whoa, I'm, whoa. I'm okay that's, with him. Being my my QB two in a super flex. Okay, well yeah, it's it's all good. I I panicked. I took Jerry Judy. I don't know if that was in the the seventh round or the eighth eighth round. Yeah. Um, you had just sniped me on Hollywood Brown. Another another uh, wanted, high upside play. Yeah, I wanted a I wanted an exciting 
receiver name uh, to, to partner with my, my two other wide receivers. I got Lockett and Landry pretty late, so I feel good about those guys. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think if Judy goes early, um, I, I'll probably pl- plug him in just for fun. Um, but, yeah, I was just curious if you had a strategy in that, that guillotine league. Yeah, and and with uh with, with running backs too, um if you if you miss out on the the Delvins or or Saquons or McCaffreys, then uh that's that's when I I, I took uh um, Eckler in the in the second round I believe, just because uh um you're you're looking for those those uh, running backs that that also get work as a receiver. Yeah, I treated a lot of the draft um, kind of as a um, best ball league too. Uh, yeah, I took Nicole Hardman. I'll definitely play him in uh, one of the wide receiver spots, just knowing that the Chiefs are going to open up the season whenever that happens. And I could just picture it now, kind of like Peyton Manning. What, what was that, like five, six years ago when, when he opened up the season throwing six touchdowns against the Ravens? I can see Mahomes, uh, Mahomes coming into the, the season throwing five or six deep bombs. And if he connects with Nicole uh, on a couple of those, then that's going to help me survive that week one and not get eliminated. So looking forward to that season yeah. too. Well, if, if, uh, if uh, Alex Smith can, can put up uh, a four or five touchdown game in a season opener three years ago, I, I think Mahomes um, can, can probably do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you joining me on the show today. Uh, you got anything or you want to get us out? No, I, I think we, uh, we covered it. So until next time, keep it flexy.